All right, we had some time to sit, to stew, to think about Tennessee's 45-14 win over UTSA. How are we feeling? You feel better about Tennessee now after this game than you did before? I know it was just UTSA, but a lot of positives from this football game. I thought it right after the game, and I thought it after rewatch. That and a whole lot more. Jamonday Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Monday morning, everybody. I'm your host, Eric Kane, and this is Locked on Balls. Welcome to a new week of Locked on Balls. Couldn't do it without you every dayers. Appreciate you guys for making Locked on Balls your first listen. We are a part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why you've got to try LinkedIn Jobs. Help you find the right people for, for your team. Uh, go ahead and post your job for free over at LinkedIn.com slash College. Terms and conditions do apply. Got a big show coming up here on a Monday. I did my immediate reaction show, my postcast, late Saturday night. Uh, so giving you some raw emotion from that win from Tennessee's 45-14 uh, to 12, to 14 victory over UTSA. Uh, if you didn't catch that, I encourage you to go back and make that uh, your second listen after this Monday episode. But went back and watched the tape. I have some notes here. And uh, going to share those with you here in segment one before we get into the scoring plays, courtesy of the Vol Radio Network in segment two, and then stats and canter grades in segment number three. Don't forget, mailbag edition of the show. You everydayers get to take over the show. That is tomorrow, Twitter Tuesday. And uh, go ahead and get in your questions, comments, concerns at underscore caner and at Locked On Balls. A lot of you guys have already been doing that. Okay, so let's start the conversation with Joe Milton. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly. I mentioned some of these on Saturday nights. Uh, but I went ahead and wrote about it, went back and watched the film, tracked some things. And, and, you know, Joe Milton did a lot of good things in this football game. I mean, he really did do a whole lot of good things in this football game. But it's almost like it's overshadowed because you start 14 of 16, two touchdowns and 159 yards passing, and then you go on an 0 for 8 stretch. <laughs> um, and then you finish the football game after that. Uh, you know, going four of twelve for fifty-three yards after it looks like you might have tweaked your right your, your your knee, and I do think that's only fair to mention. Joe Milton did not look the same after he kind of he, he went down awkwardly. He was sacked in the first half. You remember he was down on the ground. He immediately grabbed that knee and then jumped up and jogged off the field. Went to the tent. It was a quick change of possession. Tennessee's offense is back on the field and he he runs back out there and he continued to play and that was good. But he was not the same um, after that you know tweakage of the knee, if you will. And he was already kind of in the midst of that 0-8 stretch when that happened. So I'm not trying to say that's the only reason, but I think it's only fair to kind of mention that. But I thought Joe Milton was really good. Uh, he started the football game again, uh, 14 of 16. And he threw for uh, 200 or 159 yards. I'm trying to find my name. Here we go. 159 yards and two touchdowns. And then he went on this 0-8 stretch. Even during this 0-8 stretch, he threw some good balls. Uh, just overshot Milton or uh, Nimrod down the far sideline. That was a 50-yard bomb, and I thought it was a really, really good ball. Uh, just missed high to squirrel wide again. It's it's bad because he was wide open. That was in the end zone as well. But anybody else in that rod receiver room probably would have caught that just simply because they had got a couple inches on squirrel, and that's no diss to squirrel. It just kind of is what it is, right? Um, you had uh, McCallum Castles that dropped one. Uh, that was obviously not Milton's fault. You had one to Ramel Keaton, the one that Ramel Keaton got hurt on. That was a beautiful ball, beautiful ball uh, by Joe Milton. Uh, so you had a couple of really good passes during that stretch that just didn't come down with it. 
But then you also had some bad misses. I mean, Milton missed Squirrel White wide open over the middle one time. Missed him again on a seam wide open right down the middle. He threw one to Webb. I think it was the first pass of the second half. And um, it was a screen pass and a bad decision because there was a defender crashing on that. Um, so kind of mixed in there, there were some really, really bad throws. And so it almost kind of overshadows what was a really solid start to the day for Joe Milton. My point is this. Okay, you are going to lose a football game if you go through a stretch like that. Uh, that that's not a good stretch to go through. If you go through a stretch like that against South Carolina this week, maybe you lose that football game. But overall, I, I thought there was a lot of promise there for Joe Milton. And I understand a lot of people hate Joe Milton, and he could cure cancer. And uh, nothing he does is going to be good enough, and I get that. Joe Milton, to, to this point, is who Joe Milton is. Um, he has improved in some regards, but he still has a ways to go, and, and that lull on Saturday just wasn't wasn't good. At the end of the day, he threw for 58% passing, uh, completion percentage 18 of 31, uh, 209 yards, two touchdowns. He had that incredible 81-yard uh, zone keep uh, that he took to the house on play number one from scrimmage. That was really, really fun to see from uh, from the get-go. That was, that was really, really awesome to see. We'll get into more of the pro football focus stuff uh, later in the week, but I do want to show some directional passing for Joe Milton. Um, on passes 20 yards down the field, Milton was one for one for seven for 48 yards, and of course that was the Romel Keaton uh, touchdown uh, that that was completed there. And again, uh, a couple of those just misses. The one to Nimrod was just missed. Uh, the one to um, Romel Keaton over the middle of the field where he got hurt just missed. In fact, Romel Keaton almost probably would have caught that. Um, it, he didn't have possession of it going to the to the ground, and then of course when he hit the ground, it might have popped it out, but. Um, a couple of those would have changed the story, if you will, uh, in a major way. I mean, well over 300 yards passing, potentially, if you complete those two passes. Uh, 10 to 19 yards, the intermediate passing game. Joe Milton was 3 for 6 on the day for 25, 45 yards and a touchdown. And then 0 to 10 yards, Joe Milton was 6 for or Tennessee's passing. I uh, remember Nico Imaliava just threw two passes, but essentially Joe Milton was 6-4-10 um, for about 50 yards and uh, you know completing well over 50% in that regard. Behind the line of scrimmage, Joe Milton, 8 of 9 passing, 61 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. So, again, a lot of success behind the line of scrimmage, you know, up, up to 10 yards, some medium success in the medium passing game. And then you hit one deep ball, but you were so close to hitting just a couple more. But I thought Tennessee showed a, a good uh, presence to try to go and attack down the field. And I like that because that's something we didn't see a whole lot through the first couple of weeks of the season for sure. A couple of other things that I wanted to mention in this football game. <clears throat> excuse me. It looked like uh, the operation was much better. That was kind of a key going into the game. The operation's got to get back to, to normal. Sure, you were at home. Okay, You didn't have to deal with crowd noise. Sure, you were you were playing a lesser opponent. I recognize all that, but the operation looked good. Now you just ran sixty six plays, um, and, and that's not as many plays as you want to. However, if you're gonna run sixty six plays, you better be scoring some points. And Tennessee did score some points. Four Tennessee's seven scoring drives came on four plays or less. Um, Milton's touchdown run on the first play of scrimmage set the tone. That was one one play drive. Jabari Small had a forty yard run. On the fourth series of the game, and then you know Milton found Caleb Webb for 18 yards. That was a four-play drive. Milton went to Ramel Keaton on the fourth play of the ensuing drive after Dylan Sampson ran for um, a, a lot of yards. And then later on, Dylan Sampson ran for 29 yards and 41 yards on a two-play drive. So my point is, 
Tennessee was super efficient, though didn't run many plays. Tennessee almost averaged eight yards per play. Tennessee ran for over 300 yards. That was really good. Tennessee's defense was uh, good in suffocating the UTSA run game, averaging only 2.2 yards per play. So, again, not as many plays as you want, but you were super effective. Again, lesser competition. I recognize that, but you did score some points. I mean, you jumped out there, scored 31 points at the half. Uh, by the half, and that, that's that's really, really, really good to see. Uh, defensively, there were two bad series, okay? Uh, two really, really bad series, and that was, you know, coming back from... Um, that was coming back from the break. Obviously, you're up 31 to nothing. The entire team, not just Joe Milton, not just the offense, not just the defense, the entire team did not have the focus it needed to step on the throat and finish the game. I mean, you're up 31 to nothing in the blink of an eye, it's 31-14, because the defense has a couple of three and outs, uh, the offense has a couple of three and outs, and the defense just lets them march march all over down the field. I mean, it was almost a, an eight-minute drive, uh, 75 yards on like 14 plays. Uh, Owen McCown comes out, Josh McCown's son, NFL, uh, longtime NFL quarterback, Josh McCown, his son, Owen McCown, replaces Marburger and is perfect, seven for seven on that drive to begin the third quarter, uh, you know, converts on four third downs. And you go in there and score. And then the second time, you score on four plays if you're UTSA. And it was Brandon Turnage, just a horrible missed tackle, and then a, and a really bad angle by Andre Turrentine. So that's not what you like to see. However, the defense did respond after those first two drives of the third quarter, allowing only 75 yards the rest of the way on 23 plays from the Roadrunners. From the Roadrunners. Um, allowed only 88 yards on the ground. I thought the defensive line played really well. Tyler Barron, Amari Thomas, Bryson Eason. Tamari McDonald, Warren Burrell both had interceptions. Tennessee had four sacks, seven TFLs. Overall, it was a good day defensively, but you fell asleep at the wheel. And that was team-wide, not just defense, not just Joe Milton, not just offense. You fell asleep in the third quarter. You had a bad second quarter where you scored four straight touchdowns if you're Florida down in the swamp. You lost the football game. You were up 31-0. You had a horrendous third quarter at Neyland Stadium against UTSA. You still won comfortably, but what is to say if that happens against South Carolina next week at Tennessee. What is to say what's going to happen in that football game? You can't afford those lulls. You can't afford those lulls. That's offensive line. That's quarterback. That's defense. That's all across the board. It overshadowed what was a great day. You were the bully from the beginning, and you did what you needed to do. So those were a couple more notes. There's so many more notes, and, of course, I encourage you to check out all of our work over at VolQuest.com. Uh, post-game reaction the day after, 10 things we think we think, my big three. Of course, we had the Rocky Top Rewind last night, um, all from the Tennessee win over UTSA. And then, of course, getting you ready for uh, the game against South Carolina that is coming up this week right here at Neyland Stadium. Hey, when we come back, scoring plays, courtesy of the Vol Radio Network. That and a whole lot more right here on Lockdown Vols. These days, every new potential hire can feel like, feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the right access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you need to do is uh, find the person that you want to uh, you know, interview, and you probably found them by these simple tools like screening questions. and make it really easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then hire. It's why small businesses that rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering qualified uh, quality hires versus its leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. 
All right, boys and girls, welcome back into it. Your Monday edition of Locked On Vols. Twitter Tuesday is coming up on tomorrow's show. It's when you everydayers get to take over the show. A lot of questions already in at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Vols, but never too late. Leave a comment on the YouTube channel if you'd like your question to be heard. At underscore Kaner and at Locked On Vols, I will answer those questions on tomorrow's show. Uh, every single week, what I like to do here following a football game on a Monday, courtesy of the Vol Radio Network, where I have written permission to play these audio clips, I want to hear those scoring plays. If you guys were at the game, maybe you're watching on TV, you didn't get to hear the calls. Some of you guys who might have been in the car or listening to the Vol Radio Network, this is how it sounded. Pat Ryan, Bob Kessling, Tennessee, on play number one from scrimmage. Joe Milton to the house, again, courtesy of the Vol Radio Network. Send a man in motion across the formation, score a white. And Joe Milton's going to keep it coming around this left side. Gets to the 20, gets to the 40, gets to the midfield. It's a foot race to the 30. He's out of here. Milton to the 10. He's on the way for a Tennessee touchdown on play number one. 81 yards. Joe Milton faked it, then took around the left end and outran the entire Roadrunners. What I like about this play, and we talked about it a little bit last week after the Florida game, no one's going to respect joe milton's ability to run on those zone reads no one so sell out to go and stop the running back whether that's jabari small jalen ride dylan sampson no one's going to respect joe milton at all why because he hasn't shown the ability to keep and run or the coaches have not have not had the uh the, the confidence to call a zone read keep for the quarterback and again what a zone read is it's not an rpo a zone read is simply quarterback and running back you are reading the end man on line of scrimmage a lot of times that's that defensive end or that leo or that walk-up backer if that end man on the line of scrimmage crashes down to take the take the dive if you will which is the handoff to the running back then the quarterback keeps it and runs round edge if that end man on the line of scrimmage stays back to wait for the quarterback that means you give it and you allow that running back to go and see what he can get up the middle um, Tennessee has not shown the ability to keep that with the quarterback and run. And I thought Tennessee needed to do that. Even if you, even if that's not a huge part of your offense, the defenses need to respect it. Um, on third downs, on fourth downs last year, Hendon Hooker had the ability to keep and go. And so defenses in the back of their mind had to respect that. That's taken one player out of the play, even if you give it. And so Tennessee needed to get back to that. Even if you're not going to do it a whole lot, even if you're not going to keep it an awful lot, you need to show, you need to put on tape that you can. And boy, they did it on play number one. Now, I don't think anybody envisioned Tennessee to score a touchdown on that play number one, but hell, it's an inferior opponent. Be the mother flipping bully. Like we talked about a key to the game, Joe Milton was 81 yards to the house. And that was a great way to start this football game. Uh, second possession of the game, not even five minutes into the football game, Dylan Sampson comes in for Jalen Wright. Nine plays, 62 yards, capping that drive. Two minutes and 50 second, 56 seconds off the clock. Dylan Sampson scores his fourth touchdown of the season, a 10-yard run to make it 14 to nothing. Scrimmage from the left hash mark. Milton, they're running, hands it off. Sampson Whoa. breaks a tackle to the five, to the checkerboard. Touchdown, right up the middle. Dylan Sampson, good from 10 yards out. First time he touches it in this game, he goes in for the score. So Tennessee led 14 to nothing. I believe a missed field goal of the 50 variety, 52 yarder uh, was at some point in time because the next scoring play uh, for Tennessee is not until the second quarter. Just inside the second quarter, 11 minutes and 10 seconds on the clock. It's one of those short drives. It's one of those short drives. You had Jabari Small that rushed for 40 yards, and then on the second play of the drive, it is Jay, it's Joe Milton. 
finding who? Caleb Webb for the 18-yard touchdown reception, giving Tennessee a 21-0 lead again in the second quarter. Milton, a pump fake, there he fires in zone, pass is going to be caught. Tennessee touchdown, Caleb Webb. Good for 18 yards. Webb makes the catch his first touchdown. It was the series before that when Caleb Webb came in for Brew McCoy. And again, Brew McCoy was on the sideline, had his helmet on. He was in the huddles. He was engaged. I'm pretty sure he was one of those guys. And we kind of went over the injury report after the game. Again, if you didn't listen to the postcast Saturday night, I encourage you to go listen to it. Some some raw um, reactions and the injury report. We talked a lot on that Saturday show. But uh, Joe or um, Brew McCoy is one of those guys I think could have went back in and played, but he didn't. Uh, there's no reason to. And so Caleb Webb got a lot of opportunity. So did Chaz Nimrod. Caleb Webb goes in his second series after that 40-yard run from Jabari Small. A uh, little stop and go, if you will. It's kind of a stalk pattern, if you will. And he he waits and then he goes and he runs right inside the safety and catches that slant. That's a touchdown, 18 yards. And it is 21 to nothing. Tennessee jumps out 28 to nothing. This is the lone deep ball that Milton connected on the day. A couple of really, really close ones. This one was deep. It was a free play as well. Very good heads up play by Joe Milton, recognizing that you had UTSA running off the field. It was a penalty. It was a free play. You throw up the football, and what a great finish by Ramel Keaton, wrestling it away. Uh, finishing it off strong for the 48-yard score, score, and Tennessee goes up 28 to nothing with still uh, 11 minutes left in the second quarter. UTSA trying to run players off. They won't do it. So Tennessee got a free play. Milton's going to take a shot. Ramel Keaton down at the goal line, and caught. comes up with it. Touchdown, Tennessee. 48 yards. Joe Milton on the pass to Ramel Keaton. Milton knew he had a free play, and he let it fly, and Keaton, battling the defender, was able to wrestle it away for a Tennessee touchdown. So later on in the second quarter, Tennessee did boot a 29-yard field goal. It was true, and that made it 31 to nothing with uh, just over three minutes left in the second quarter. Go to the uh, fast-forward to the uh, second half. I mentioned that big lull. Tennessee's offense came out flat. Joe Milton was in an 0-8 stretch. Tennessee's defense was atrocious. Um, Owen McCow comes in, converts on four third downs. He is seven for seven passing on that drive, and UTSA caps it in the 75-yard 15-play drive that took seven minutes and 28 seconds off the clock, and it is seven, it is 31 to seven. Alcoa's own, not even two minutes later, Alcoa's own Tyke Ogle Kellogg uh, scores from 43 yards out. It was a missed tackle by Brandon Turnage, a bad angle from Andre Turrentine. And the Alcoa native scores at Neyland Stadium. That's a good moment for him and his family. And it's 31-14. Tennessee does respond, though. I like the way they respond. Jabari Small just inside the fourth quarter, capping a 12-play, 66-yard drive, taking four minutes and 40 seconds off the clock. Jabari Small punches it in from one yard away. Jabari Small, the standing tailback. This fall of Castle. They hand the ball off. Jabari Small fights and squirms, and he's into the checkerboards. Touchdown, Tennessee. Jabari Small over left guard. And McCallan Castle's had a great block to springing from that offset eye formation. And Tennessee has its first points here in the second half and now leads the Roadrunners by a score of 37-14. to 14. Heard Pat and Bob both talk about um, you know following uh, McCallum Castles. He's coming over from that H back spot. 
It was over left guard, but he comes in and kicks it out and opens that up for Jabari Small. And Tennessee responds 38-14. And one more touchdown on the day. It is Dylan Sampson capping his career day. Um, already two career days, four touchdowns scored against Virginia in the opener and 139 yards off t- uh, 11 carries, and this is his second touchdown. It's the final score of the day, 10 minutes and 17 seconds on the clock, a two-play drive. It was all Dylan Sampson. He ran for 29 yards. He ran for 41 yards, and this is the 41-yard rush, the second play of the drive to cap the two-play 70-yard drive. Tennessee's final touchdown of the day to make it 45-14. to Dylan Sampson. Back into Roadrunner territory at the 41. Milton tries oh, Sampson again. He move. pops it up the middle of the 30. Puts oh, it back to the 20. Oh, oh, oh. Crank up Rocky Top. Touchdown, Tennessee. Wow. 41 yards by Dylan Sampson. He made a couple of quick jump cuts, and then he sprinted into the end zone. Again, Dylan Sampson, what a showing. What a day for the sophomore running back. Again, I have written permission to play those uh, audio calls from the Vol Radio Network. I appreciate them and allowing me to do that here on this show. Hey, when we come back, some stats and Caner grades. What do I grade each position group for the 45-14 to 14 win over UTSA? That and a whole lot more is coming up next right here on Lockdown Balls. I want to tell you about our friends, Athletic Brewing Company. All right, it's time for your Game Changer of the Week. It's brought to you by Athletic Co- Brewing Company, much like... Dylan Sampson, Athletic Brewing Company, has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Jabari, or not Jabari Small, Dylan Sampson, 139 rushing yards, career high, 11 carries, two touchdowns. Again, we just heard his final touchdown run of 41 yards. He had quite the day, and he changed the game. Again, just like Athletic Brewing Company does as well. Uh, constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety. They're fit for all time, so... You can drink them anytime, anywhere, and make that activity even more enjoyable, like watching the big game or maybe your kid's game, tackling work or working out. No hangovers ever. You can find Athletic in store, online, and in bars around the country. They're the fastest-growing non-alcoholic brewery in the United States, so go ahead and get on board. Um, I encourage you to go check it out at athleticbrewingcompany.com. First-time customers can use the Locked On uh, College, or excuse me, promo code Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. That's athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions, uh, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right, guys, we got a final segment here on a Monday edition of Locked On Balls. Don't forget Twitter Tuesday. That is coming up tomorrow. It's when you can take over the show. Uh, just send me in those questions, comments, and concerns at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Balls. We got a big show or big week coming up. Going to have a crossover with Locked On Gamecocks. Looking forward to that. We'll hear from Chris Gordy. We'll hear from Shane Beamer. Um, obviously, a revenge game for Tennessee. Uh, South Carolina knocked Tennessee out of the playoffs and did it embarrassingly as well in Columbia, South Carolina last week. So, you know, Tennessee wants to get this game in the most, uh, the most way for sure. Um, let's move on here. Let's continue to recap the UTSA game. Uh, some stats overall got back to, got back to normal. And again, it's UTSA. Recognize that you're back at home. Recognize that, but you did what you were supposed to do. Okay. Tennessee, the op, the, uh, identity is on offense and Tennessee's offense looked much, much better. 512 yards of total offense on 66 plays, 7.8 yards per play, only penalized five times for 40 yards. 
Um, UTSA, 319 overall yards on 81 offensive plays, averaging only 3.9 yards per play. It was also penalized five times for 40 yards. Passing yards. Tennessee threw for 209 yards on 18 of 33 passes, averaging 6.3 yards per attempt. You had UTSA, 231 yards on 30 of 41, did have two interceptions, uh, 5.6 yards per attempt. Yards rushing, 88 yards on 2.2 yards per attempt for UTSA, 303 yards for the University of Tennessee on 9.2 yards per carry. That is getting her done right there. Possession time, 22 minutes, 48 seconds for the University of Tennessee, 37 minutes and 12 seconds for UTSA. Remember, Tennessee is never, ever going to win the time of possession. Third down conversions. Uh, a couple of these were when Nico and the twos were in at the very end of the game. So I think Tennessee was swinging at just about a 50%, which is not horrible. But overall in the game, six for 15 on third downs, eight for 19 for UTSA. Red zone chances and scores, four or four for Tennessee, scoring touchdowns on three of those opportunities. That was good to see. Tennessee won the turnover battle three to one, meaning Tennessee had one turnover. That was that muff punt. Uh, that uh, that that Cam Selden jumped on that was just just horrible, and uh, he's a young player. He'll learn from it. And then UTSA, of course, turned the football over three times. You look at individuals here. We're going to go through and grade these as we go. <clears throat> Quarterbacks. I kind of broke down the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, how you started fourteen of sixteen for one hundred fifty nine yards and three total touchdowns. Then you go on an zero for eight stretch. You finish the game after looking like you tweaked that knee. Four of twelve for fifty six yards. Didn't finish the way you need to. Uh, maybe the, the knee was was kind of bothering you there. Uh, you were close on a couple of deep ones that could have really kind of changed the narrative of your stat line, if you will. But just because you completed at 58% at the end of the day, off tw- uh, 18 of 31, 209 yards and two touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, 81 yards overall. I'm going to be hard on the quarterback. And, and uh, you know, there's no quarterback controversy. Joe Milton's the quarterback here. But I'm going to be hard on the quarterback and do a C- minus because if you go through a lull like that, you were going to lose uh, in an SEC game. And it's not just Joe Milton. It's the offense. It's the defense as well. The whole entire team did not come out and respond the right way. C-minus for the quarterback, even though it was a pretty a pretty solid day overall. Running backs, uh, Dylan Sampson, career day, 139 yards on 11 carries, two touchdowns. He did have one Utah reception, Utah pass reception uh, for uh, 20 yards. Joe Milton, of course, or not talking Joe Milton. Jabari Small, he had another good day, 6.8 yards per carry, 61 yards off nine carries. Uh, He had a touchdown. Jalen Wright got banged up, got dinged up a little bit, so only carried the ball for 16 yards on four carries. But overall, got help from the quarterback. Tennessee ran for 303 yards. That was good to see. Running backs are going to get a A. There was a whiff on pass protection for sure by Jabari Small at one point in time. But I'm going to give that group an A. Uh, Tight ends. Um, I'm going to give the tight ends a B because you had a a drop, a critical drop, and a couple – Missed opportunities, I felt like, from McCallum Castles, but the t- the tight ends blocked really well in the run game. I like that. And um, anytime you run for 303 yards, the tight ends are a big part of that. So I'll give the tight ends a B. Wide receivers? Um, you know, wide receivers, I think, continually getting better. Dante Thornton had a bad drop. There was a miscommunication between Dante Thornton and Joe Mill at one point in time. Man, Romel Keaton on that play that he got hurt. Gosh, if he could have reeled that one in, that'd been a monster gain. Um, but but again, he gave great effort. Great effort. I'm not faulting him at all. Chaz Nimrod. I'm curious. I'm curious if he was a little too wide on that, um, on, on that fade down the sideline, on that go down the sideline. Um, I'll give I'll give the wide receivers a B. I thought they were pretty solid. 
Uh, certainly getting better, that is for sure, than the, than compared to the first couple weeks. And then running game, or excuse me, the offensive line, Joe Milton was sacked one time. Nico was also sacked one time. Um, I haven't looked at the specific pro football focus uh, scores. I know that Andre Kirik a couple times came to my mind. I'm like, wow, that didn't look good. Jeremiah Crawford a couple times came to mind. I was like, wow, that didn't look good. But again, it was an inferior opponent. Tennessee scored when it needed to, scored fast in a hurry, had over 500 yards of total offense. Um, you know, I'm not going to fault the offensive line a whole lot there, so I'll give the offensive line a C plus. Um, overall, a, a solid day with still a whole lot of room to grow. Defensively, let's go to that defensive line. Um, again, Tennessee had three t- forced turnovers defensively. That was good. That was one of my keys. Go get the flipping ball. Two interceptions, a strip sack at the end by Caleb Williams or Caleb Herring. That was great to see. Um, I thought the defensive line had a really, really strong day. Amari, uh, Amari Thomas. Uh, Bryson Eason, Tyler Barron, uh, Omar Norman Lott. I thought all those guys played extremely well, extremely well. Um, Tyler Barron's off to a great start. Another sack. He's got four on the season um, already in four games, and he came into the the year with seven and a half sacks in, in three years. And so he's off and running for sure. I'll give that defensive line an A, an A minus. I thought that defensive line was really disruptive. Bryson Eason had a great day. Mari Thomas had a good day. Uh, defensive line, I'll give an A minus. Linebackers, you know, I thought Elijah Herring played pretty well. I did. And I'm pretty sure the pro football focus grade will reflect that when we get to it later in the week. Um, Aaron Beasley, I think, could have came back in, but they were being precautious with him. Um, but Elijah Herring, you had a couple missed tackles. Caleb Perry, you had a couple missed tackles when you were in there. I'll give you a B. I'll give you a B. I think Aaron Carter still has a ways to go. He looks a little lost out there. True freshman. He'll be okay. Uh, but you got to grow up in a hurry. Um, linebackers, I give yourself a B, much better than where you were at, at Florida. That is for sure. Um, gosh, Aaron Beasley's good, guys. <laughs> Aaron Beasley led the team with nine tackles, and he played pretty much a, a half. Uh, he played pretty much two quarters and a half in that game. Uh, DBs, um, still some things to work on for sure. Um, there was a couple of missed tackles, but overall, you allowed 14 points um, defense-wide. You had two picks. Um, you came in. You had some nice PBUs. I thought Brandon Turner did a couple of good things, though. He did give up a, a touchdown on the missed tackle. Um, I thought uh, Wesley Walker did a couple of good things. I thought Gabe Judy Lolly did a couple of good things. I liked the dedication to rotating these guys. Um, it wasn't perfect. It never is in the secondary. Um, I will give these guys a, a solid B. I thought it was a, a pretty decent showing given the level of competition, but Boy, that group is going to be tested with Shane with uh, Spencer Rattler coming in here next week. Spencer Rattler, as of right now, will be the best quarterback Tennessee faces all year long, and he's playing like a freaking Heisman Trophy winner. More on that as week goes on. Special teams, okay? Um, <clears throat> you missed a field goal, little left. You're Charles Campbell. I know it was a lengthy one. Cam Selden, boy, what are you doing, man? That's just a learning mistake. That's a learning opportunity there as a true freshman. You get a piece of it, but the ball goes in front of the line of scrimmage. Get away, Oski, Oski, Oski. Get away from it. You can tell he just didn't know he was running and he jumping on that. It's just a uh, just a brain fart, if you will. And he's a young guy, and he'll learn from that. That's kind of what Josh Heupel said post game. Uh, not a whole lot of opportunities for D, D uh, Williams. Jeremiah Tealander got a penalty on a punt return one time, but I thought that was pretty weak sauce. I went and looked at it. He didn't do hardly anything. Uh, no kickoffs out of bounds, I don't believe. I thought Jackson Ross had a really strong day. All you guys worried about Jackson Ross. All you guys worried about Jackson Ross, the Aussie. Uh, man, he's putting him up, putting him down here lately, man. He, let's see, he, um, he averaged 44.3 yards per punt. Three punts inside the 20. 
Good grief. Three punts inside the 20. I'll give special teams a B as well. I'm going to be coaching a B minus. I know it's all my, I know it's all, you know, upstairs. I know it's all mindset, right? And I get it because I played too. I get it. I remember coaches being like this. But you're up 31 points and your quarterback just had a scare. He comes back with a limp onto the sideline and a knee brace. And you're putting Joe Milton in the starting offense in the football game up 31 to nothing to start the second half. What are you doing? <laughs> and I get it. They came out flat. And I get it. It was 31 to 14. I get all that. But you're up 31 to nothing. You need Nico to get some reps. I'm not saying there's a quarterback controversy because there's not one. But if something were to happen to Joe Milton, you need you need Nico to have some reps and some experience under his belt. Like, what are you doing? Coming back with a knee brace up 31 to nothing at UTSA? What are you doing? I mean, golly, that is just, just, just not smart, in my opinion. Just not smart. My opinion, I'm not a coach, therefore, what's my what's my opinion mean anything? It doesn't mean much. Um, I didn't like that at all. I didn't like the uh the play calling there before the half. I I, I didn't think that, that was very smart. I didn't think that was very good. Um you know, uh, I, and still, I think they should have, uh, even late in the game when Tennessee went back and scored again and went up by, you know, 45 14. I think Nico and the second group should have been in the series before that. So, anyway, a B minus for the coaching. Um, but again, it was a game where you're supposed to win big. You did win big. Tennessee came back, respond even after a lull. That was good to see. You should have some momentum heading in to South Carolina week. And we're here right now. South Carolina Week, Spencer Rattler, Shane Beamer, and company all coming to uh, Neyland Stadium. We'll have uh, coverage of that, and, of course, we'll continue to preview that right here on Locked On Balls each and every day this week. Appreciate you guys for being here. It's Twitter Tuesday, mailbag edition of the show coming up tomorrow. Get in your questions, your comments, your concerns, anything you guys have at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Balls. Appreciate you guys for uh, watching on YouTube. We're over 9,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Thank you so much. Couldn't do it without you. And, of course, for listening wherever you get your podcast. Until tomorrow, guys, enjoy the rest of your Monday, everybody.